the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. It's great to be with you, and I, I am with you live here the week before Christmas. And I know it's a different schedule for everybody. If you're new to our show, welcome. We know we get a lot of new people who are checking us out because your schedule's different and you're flipping through the radio dial. We're here every day from 3 to 5, every weekday from 3 to 5, and we talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. I want to begin today by talking about a local story and something that's important, something for Christians to realize that uh, you know we need to come together and uh, support our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all going through different things, but a Pomona Church, Victory Outreach Church, uh, burned down early Sunday morning. Following breaking news out of Pomona, where overnight a popular church was destroyed by a massive fire. It happened just hours before a toy drive was set to begin. Hours before a toy drive was about to begin at this church. We'll learn a little bit about the church. If you go, by the way, to a Victory Outreach, give us a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We may, may have the pastor on uh, tomorrow on the program. We'll follow it up a little bit. But, you know, right before Christmas especially, it is, it's such a big deal. Um, and But I think you're going to hear a few things that will give you some inspiration and a reminder of what the church really is. It really is heartbreaking. And just a couple minutes ago, I got a chance to talk to the pastor of Victory Outreach Church here, and he's telling me that he just wants the community to keep his whole church community in their prayers today after what they're seeing here at this fire. And what's really heartbreaking is tonight they had a toy drive and also a Christmas play planned. About 500 toys in there burned in that fire that they're planning to give away to kids in need today. Now, right now, they uh, they don't know the cause of the fire, and uh, I don't think anybody got hurt. So what happened in the middle of the night could have been electrical. Those things happened. The church was built in 1981. Um, you know, sometimes there's a homeless person or somebody uh, doing something, and that starts, you know, we just don't know what happened. No idea. But the good news is nobody has been hurt at all, and uh, we're grateful for that. But it impacts people, and it impacts the community, and that's something I think that it should happen, that wherever your church is located, wherever you gather together, would your community be impacted if something happened to your church? I don't mean just your church community. I mean the people who live around there who may not go to your church. You know, would your church be missed if it went missing, if you guys packed it up and you left? I mean, sometimes that happens, right? But does the community miss you? I think that that matters a lot. I think that wherever the body of Christ gathers together, you know, the the church is not the building, it's the body of Christ. I think it should add value to that community one way or the other. I think that there should be people who are 
grieving, and I believe there are here in Pomona, who may not ever go. Or maybe they were somebody who donated to that toy drive. 500 is a lot of toys. And uh, maybe they are somebody who comes to the Christmas program and is blessed every year by it. A lot of people go. In fact, I think uh, Christmas programs and Christmas Eve might be the biggest outreach of the year now, maybe bigger than Easter for a lot of churches. The pastor of the church, his name is Pastor Robert Garcia. He was interviewed on uh, KTLA. And I thought it was a a good interview that began, the fire was still basically going while he was interviewed. Pastor, I know you have a lot of congregation members out here. You're getting a lot of support. How are you guys holding up with this this morning? Uh, Well, it's it's a tough morning for us. You know, we uh, weren't expecting this to happen. 3 a.m. I got a call that the church was on fire and said it was pretty bad. Came down here, talked to the fire captain. And he said he felt pretty good. When I came, there was a little smoke. He said he felt pretty good, but then he went in there with the camera and he went up in the attic. And um, all of a sudden, it just ran the whole attic. And uh, he, they lost the handle on it. He, they tried their best. We appreciate the fire department. But uh, he said it's going to be a total loss. So it's, a, it's a tough morning for us because today we were getting ready to have our outreach for the whole community. We were going to give gifts. We had 500 people that already registered. And um, we were going to have a play. The kids had practiced all day yesterday. They were ready for our play. We are ready for church this morning. So it's it's tough. And then I know you also have an outreach program. So you are always working on helping people within the community. Yes, we have a, uh, we're always helping people in the community. We have families, of course, all different kinds. But we, we really have a heart for people that are hurting and lost. And uh, even drug addicted, alcoholics, just people that have a tough time in life. And I went through a program in 2001 myself. That's where God was able to change my life. But we have those programs. And, and really, that's where our congregation really comes together in helping other people. You know, after I've been helped, it's us giving back to the community. You know, I think when you hear him talk about the church here, you know, there's a there's a sentimental value that we have for our church buildings, and there's a lot of stuff, probably a lot of history in that church that uh, means a lot to people, right, that is has that kind of value. But the actual value of the church is in leading people to Christ, in being present as the hands and feet of Jesus in that community. That is critical, right? And you hear this pastor talk about this, and that's what I want us to grab today out of this story. I mean, it's a terrible story, and in a minute I'll give you an opportunity to help. In fact, if you're listening, go to kkla.com right now. There's a link right on the front page where you can help this church. If you're just joining us, uh, Church in Pomona Victory Outreach Church uh, burned down Sunday morning early, and it's a total loss, and they were about to have an outreach to uh, kids. Pastor said there were 500 people registered to receive gifts uh, in that community, kids, and so that has changed uh, an awful lot there. I want to keep listening to Pastor Garcia's uh, story here as he's being interviewed on uh, KTLA because... I think it really helps focus us on these things, on what the church is. And it's so easy for those of us who go to church regularly to forget that. Or even maybe if you don't go to church, maybe you don't know what that building is and what happens there. Is there value in your community? The church 
building probably brings down your property values if you live next door, but does it bring actual value and stability and make your neighborhood better? I believe this church does. Yeah, so it's been a place where, you know, not only did God restore my life, but I've been able to see so many families be restored over the last 23 years, not only working with people, but now the last 10 years being the senior pastor, uh, really being able to see how much you know, we care, but to see all the volunteers and how much they care. And that's part of the, the, the thing that's hard today is that those people that have been here as long as me or even longer to see the devastation they feel. But one of the congregants said this, he said, Pastor, when it's all said and done, the building's going to be burned down, but the church is still going to be standing because we're the church. See, that's right there. The building might be burned down, but the church is still standing. Because we're the church. Because we're the church. See, the church is people. And I, maybe that's something that we say, and we, doesn't, we don't feel it as much, but whenever tragedy happens, whenever things don't go the way you think, whenever you, you suffer a loss of this kind— it is a great reminder of what the church is and what we are meant to be. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, we're talking about what the church is, and I want you to think about it uh, from the standpoint of even your church. We're talking about Victory Outreach in Pomona and the building burned down. And uh, there's obviously a lot to that. A lot of difficulty is going to come of that that is current. But you know, the building, once again, it's just a tool. I, I'm afraid that sometimes we forget that in the course of our churches. I mean, right now you're in a lot of churches, you're dealing with your budgets, right? And you're dealing with uh, the church budget year ending. And, uh, you know, for those of you listening who don't go to church, most churches don't have a lot of money. Right? You usually hear, often in the news, you hear the bad things, right? You hear when the pastor or some church leader has a moral failure, and that makes the uh, news. And you hear about when somebody is abusing money or people are getting abused, and those things happen. They happen everywhere, unfortunately. But those things actually don't happen very often in the church. I mean, you hear about it every single time it happens, but there are thousands and thousands of churches just like this one. And most of them, what they're doing is coming together and gathering and doing ministry and even doing ministry right there in their community like this church. And when we hear the pastor talk about lives being changed, even his own, his own life being changed. He wasn't even the pastor and uh, we don't know specifically, but not walking. He had some kind of addictions or something going on. And life change. We live in a world that's pretty cynical about whether or not people can really change. And even in pushback, we get today that people don't need to. My truth is your truth, my truth, and your truth can be your truth, and I can do things the way I want, and it doesn't affect you, which is not true. It does. It, we all affect each other. It matters altogether. We have an opportunity, and I want to encourage you to think about this when you're thinking about your church this Christmas. You've got Christmas coming up. You probably have Christmas Eve services or some kind of Christmas Sunday, because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday going on. This should be an encouragement, I think, to realize, number one, that the church is not a building. It is not an address. It is a group of people who are called out to do the work of the Lord, which is in serving other people worshiping God and and listening to the Word and growing, of course, that's something that we do in church. But serving other people, making disciples of Jesus, following in the ways of Jesus in our regular life where we interact with neighbors and we interact with the community, we interact with our schools and we interact with our businesses, wherever it is you are. 
this is a great part about church, and it doesn't get reported very often, right? Because negative news just goes a lot faster, okay, than positive news. But this is something that you see a lot from church. Victory Outreach uh, definitely has a lot of needs, and here's the pastor uh, talking about what some of the needs are for the church. And uh, obviously right now, even though we know in the end that something positive is going to come out of it, um, there's a process. There's a lot of questions. Where are we going to have church? What are we going to do? We have a congregation of a little over 200 people. So anybody that can, you know, just help in any way, most of all your prayers is what we really, really need, your prayers to pray for us. And, and uh, you know, we need a place to have church. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. See, and you can tell he's reflecting. It's going to take some time. And I appreciated it that he talked about how there is a process. But what he first says is that he knows that there is going to be something great that God does out of all of this. And uh, obviously right now, even though we know in the end that something positive is going to come out of it, um, there's a process. See, and that's for real. That's for real in all of our lives when we suffer loss, when we go through things. That, you know, something positive comes out of uh, things later for those who love the Lord. But it is a very difficult process. The hope we have in the Lord, by the way, is that all of it is restored with Christ. That everything that we ever suffer for with loss is is rebuilt, restored through Christ. That is the great message of good news. That's really good news because you don't see a lot of restoration in our society today. You you see so much tearing down of each other. The church is regular people, people just like you and me, who go to church somewhere and you make your plans and you do some things, but the work that you are doing is in the lives of other people. And I want to encourage you, if you're moved by this story, I hope to have more on it tomorrow. Maybe we'll have the pastor or somebody there that uh, we are reaching out to. They're closed on Monday, so uh, maybe they're just taking the day off, which you would. Plus, you got to figure out what all is going on. You can go to kkla.com. That's our Los Angeles radio station. And right on the front is a banner where you can click, and uh, there's a GoFundMe and some other opportunities to help. And, you know, a great thing about the church, too, is that if you went to their Facebook page, and went on their Facebook page, and there's a video on there um, from Sunday where they are saying, hey, we're going to keep going on. This is what the video says. Hello, everybody. We want to uh, just, we're here from Victory Outreach Pomona. We want to thank all of you guys that have already been praying, all of you guys that have been sending your love and support. Listen, we got the church out here right now in the parking lot. You could see, um, you know, we're little, it was a tragic, you know, to lose our church. But we know that what's left standing is the church. And uh, we know what we said. All of us came together, and uh, including our pastors, and said we're going to continue on with tonight's event. So you are invited. You are invited. It's going to be at 5 p.m. It was at 6, but now it's 5 because we heard that the fire department that is coming, those that have been helping fight the fire, they're going to be here handing out toys to all those that come. People are bringing toys. We could probably have close to 600 or more toys. So share this thread on Instagram, on Facebook, whoever, and let's come on out and let's give God glory. Can somebody give God glory right here? continuing to march forward and continuing to be the light here in the city of Pomona and the world. Amen. God bless. We hope to see you here tonight. The fire department will be here. I heard Santa's going to be here. It's going to be a great time for you and your whole family. We'll see you there.
So there you go. I don't know how that turned out. Hopefully we'll, we will find that out. But, you know, everything goes on in the church. I think we get defined so often by the building or the location or whatever it is that we can do for the show, you know, what happens on Sunday morning, what happens on that stage. But I'll tell you what, and, I'll, and I'm speaking as a pastor, somebody who grew up in a pastor's family, somebody who has always been involved in church, so much attention gets paid to what happens on that stage on Sunday morning. And it matters. But... The work of the church is done by the people so often, right? You have pastors and you have church leaders and elders and you have deacons and you have people who are doing a lot of work and serving in a lot of ways, but all of us are the church, right? In the Old Testament, you have a bunch of people who were known as the priests, but they were all part of a tribe. They were part of the tribe of Levi, and and they didn't get to have property or a home, but their job was to run the temple. Their job was to run the show and do the music and do the preaching and make sure the word was out there, and that was what their deal was. But who are the priests in the New Testament? Well, the priests are all of us. The priests are those who are people who confess Jesus Christ as Lord, people who have Jesus in their heart. And you might be saying, I ain't, I ain't very good priest, you know, because you got stuff going on. Well, that's why you repent. I mean, part of, part of repentance, by the way, isn't just for you. It's for you. You'll do better in life when you repent, when you trust Jesus that he's right with how you should live your life. When you trust Jesus for that, your life gets better. I promise you it will. However, the other thing that repentance is for is so that you can be used by God in greater ways. And, you know, the thing that you got to repent for, the thing that you're thinking, you know, New Year's resolution, I better, uh, I better focus on uh, how to fix myself and do those things. Ask God for help. Recognize that you get supernatural help with the Holy Spirit. And recognize that it's not just for you. Okay, think about this, that if God just wanted you solely to repent only for your own sake, then he would bring you to heaven right now, right? He's leaving you here for a reason. He wants you to repent. He wants you to grow, but he wants you to be used. He wants to use you in the life of other people. And I'll tell you what, that is the great adventure. The great adventure in walking with Jesus Christ, knowing that you have salvation, knowing that that baby who comes at Christmas time and the songs and the themes of peace on earth and joy and hope and all of that, that it is certain through Christ and what Christ did on the cross and the promises of God that he will fulfill, that he has been fulfilling, and he will. In the meantime, the adventure that you're called to in life is disciple-making, in sharing that message. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the greatest thing that mankind has ever been called to do, I mean, we've done some amazing things. The fact that we put people on the moon is astounding. People with like an eighth-grade education did that as as a nation, we did that. We are talking now about putting people on Mars for some reason, right? That's amazing. The, the medical advances that we have, the science that we have been able to, to do and understand about the universe, about medicine, about our bodies, about how the world works, all of those things. It's incredible, right? We are called to some great things, I think, as human beings. But the greatest endeavor that human beings have ever been called to do is to make disciples of Jesus, The greatest endeavor that you are called to in your life is not whatever it is you want to accomplish in your job. I mean, that's important with respect to the idea that you have, you know, God's calling you to that for something purposeful, but it is a part of his plan. The greatest endeavor that you have in your life is to demonstrate and announce the salvation of Jesus Christ to the people that God has placed in your life, the reason for the hope that you have.
And most of us, you don't get a huge microphone. You're not going to do it in such a way that you're going to make the news or anything. But God doesn't compare you to any of that. He says, you know what? I put a handful of people in your life at any given moment. Those are the people that you, who are looking at your life, and they may not be reading their Bible. They're not reading God's word, probably, but they are looking at you. They're reading you. And the greatest thing that Christians have is when the church comes together, just like this church, and they change the community. The community knows that if I'm in trouble, I'm going to go see those people over there. That the endeavor that you have in your life is that when people are in trouble, they know they can come to you because you have something that is beyond you, that you have the salvation that comes through Christ, that you have a message of hope, that you have a message that is not part of a building somewhere or an address, that you have something much, much greater. That's the greatest endeavor we've ever been given, to make disciples of Jesus, Christ followers, to share our faith. See, in the end, that is what we'll be judged on with when Jesus takes a look at our life with us. And he says, how did you do with the gifts that I gave you? How did you do with those people that I placed in your life? Did you tell them about Jesus? Did you repent? Because it wasn't just for you, it was for them. I'll tell you what, some people who repent, it's the greatest thing, greatest testimony ever. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back, Andy Bales will be with us. And uh, as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues, you can follow me at Pastor Scott Show on socials. See you in a minute. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. That is uh, the governor of California when he was the mayor of San Francisco. This is the 20-year anniversary of his 10-year plan to uh, reduce homelessness in the city of San Francisco. And 20 years later, it has blown up in the state of California. And a big part of it is because of that policy, that the the path to go down to reduce homelessness is to just provide housing, that that's the problem, which ignores so many other reasons why people are uh, become homeless and remain homeless. With me to talk about it is uh, Dr. Andy Bales, Reverend Andy Bales, uh, who is the, the believe now the former CEO and president of Union Rescue Mission here in LA. Am I right, Andy? Are you now the officially the former uh, head of the URM? Not quite yet until December 31st. All right, and December do, 31st. So coming up. I do, I do have to give up the most treasured, cherished spot I've ever been in, and and uh, it's been a, I've been back here for what'll be a total of 12 days, and it's been bittersweet, sad, but a, a little bit of heaven with all the thank yous and hugs and appreciation I've I've received in many languages. 
Yeah, and you know that's something to be said there too. Many languages, and uh, so many people that you and uh, everybody who really who works over there at uh, URM, including uh, many of people who work there who were homeless themselves until they came to the Union Rescue Mission. Yes, absolutely. I uh, <clears throat> had a mom walk into our Christmas store Saturday, and uh, migrant mom. And her husband and a little girl with Down syndrome, and I handed her little girl a candy cane, and Mom gave me a hug and a kiss on the cheek and said, Grande Corazon, and uh, there's nothing like getting thanks from people. And the night before, I sat at a table with a family that just got here, and who knows what their journey was. And uh, they had a sick little baby, and the, the baby that was sick, didn't have a candy cane and was fighting with the other child about her candy cane. So I handed her my candy cane. So candy canes, I guess, are my secret weapon at the Christmas store and beyond. Hmm. You know, that is, uh, how many people would you say have you, has the Union Rescue Mission, and you're just one of uh, many places, obviously, but the Union Rescue Mission helped over the course of your tenure? Oh, millions. Um, Millions of people. I mean, we think about all these years, and that's a huge number, but there are 70,000 homeless people in Los Angeles County right now. Is that right? Yeah, right now, I guess this year, we touched the lives of 9,000. Uh, no, excuse me, 12,000 of the 9,000, 12% of the 75,000 people who are homeless, we touched the lives of 9,000 in some way this year, and uh, we've, uh, we have 1,350 under our roof every night, and we have, we have three different campuses full of families with kids, and we never turn away a family comes our way or a woman who comes our way. How could we leave them on the streets and We continue to be the place that always says yes and never says no. And the listeners who support us, they make that possible. Without them, we couldn't do anything. Yeah, well, we so appreciate all of the the work that you have done over these years. And uh, maybe listeners don't know, but uh, Andy Bales was given uh, our uh, KKLA, uh, what was, I think it's the Lifetime Achievement Award we gave you last year at the Pastors Conference. And, uh, the you're, Impact Award. The Impact Award. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that's one of many awards that you've got. Yeah, they wouldn't let me out of the hospital for that. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, it worked its way around to you at some point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You know, when we think about this and we're seeing it getting worse, even though we have spent so much money in California, I, I played, I don't know if you heard it right before you came on, the 20-year-ago clip of uh, then-Mayor Gavin Newsom talking about essentially housing first, that the uh, the way to deal with homelessness is put everybody in a house. Um, and we've heard recently that in the uh, the program just here in Los Angeles, where we've spent $68 million, um, we've only housed permanently 255 people. Yes, and uh, only got 1,225 off the streets. And uh, well, homelessness in America has gone up 12% as well. 
and I tweeted the other day, I'm not finding the tweet, but I said this is due to a failed policy of housing first and harm reduction. We need a, we need a return to recovery, uh, training somebody in a job or a career, helping them get a job, find a home, and get connected with a community. Uh, that's the only way that's sustainable. The, the current method is absolutely, here it is, uh, due to failed unsustainable policies of housing first and harm reduction, we need a return to recovery, mental health services, training followed by a job, followed by a home, connected with a community. And I, I, I got an award from the city council <clears throat> Thursday for telling the truth. And I said, let me thank you. And let me tell you a little bit more truth. What we're doing is failing. We can't continue to provide subpar, dirty, crime-ridden, drug-filled housing with no expectations. We don't have enough tax dollars in the world to sustain that plan not expecting anything back. We have to have some comeback stories and some miracles like we have at Union Rescue Mission. How do they respond to that? You've been very open about challenging authorities who uh, continue down this same philosophical path. And uh, you've told me before that you sense some openness maybe with some of the current leaders. But how do they how do they respond when you say that? There is many in the room that agree with me. They're just too afraid to speak up. The funders are all housing first harm reduction. The activists are all housing first harm reduction. Even our mayor, who showed tons of courage at first talking about mental health services and recovery, um, she's she's having to be careful because of the pushback from the other side. Uh, and, you know, the, the only thing we can do is keep speaking the truth and hoping that people wake up, but we'll have to wake up because there's not enough money to carry out their mythical plan to to put everybody in tax dollar subsidized permanent housing the rest of their lives. Yeah, 67 million, 68 million to put 255 people permanently housed. That's it, 255 million. (laughs) What could you do with $68 million at Union Rescue Mission? Well, we could either operate for almost two years with 1,350 people, uh, or we could build another mission and welcome in another 1,350 people. So we did more. We got more people into permanent housing, and we got more people off the streets than than our city did with 68 million and we didn't have 68 million yeah not even close and i and i think people need to start hearing for that we got to pray uh for that andy we just have a couple of minutes left uh remind people you are uh you're not retiring officially you're moving you're moving to uh iowa is that right (laughs) yeah that's right by the way we spend 71 dollars per person and inside safe spent 571 per day per person so it'd be a cost savings for the city to turn to us. But I'm moving to Iowa by orders of my wife. She said a year ago that she's going to go hang out with the redheaded grandgirls, which she's doing right now. And I could join her if I'd like. And I decided I'd probably better take her up on that offer. So 
I'm relocating uh, and heading back, and I'm going to start working in an inner-city foundation that helps kids uh, at, the, I guess, the most vulnerable school in Des Moines with a feeding and education program on January 3rd, I start. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, all of us actually here at, uh, at Salem, at KKLA and KPRZ, even at San Diego, you've inspired so many people throughout our state. And, uh, you know, how close is uh, URM? We only have a minute left from getting your, your, there's not your replacement, but someone else to begin to fill your, fill your shoes. Well, fortunately, the uh, successor that we had in place in case I got hit by a bus, and I guess I kind of got hit by a bus called <laughs> named Bonnie Bales. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Hudson on our board. He's been on our board for a very long time. He he was the interim when I was in the hospital. Yeah. And he's going to step in and be interim while they, they while they keep the looking. Search. Yeah. All right. Well, let me pray. We'll be all right. Let me pray for you and uh, pray for um, URM too. Okay. God, I thank you thank for you. Andy. I pray that you would bless his his time in this uh, new ministry. Uh, also, his wife Bonnie. We thank you, Lord, for their service and their continued service uh, to Jesus Christ. We pray for the Union Rescue Mission in this transition and for the interim that you would give them wisdom. We pray for our cities, all of them, that they would, and our leaders who agree that this is a mess, that they would stand up and do the right thing and change course so that we can really help people. In Jesus' name, amen. Andy Bales, thanks for being with us today on the Pastor Scott Show. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Scott. All right. Always good to talk to you, my friend, and uh, safe travels. Thank you. All right. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues in just a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. Been here 18 years and have suffered through some weird thematic Christmases. A Honolulu Christmas. A Pulp Fiction Christmas, a Muslim Christmas, Moroccan Christmas, Morocco Christmas. I don't want it. Christmas is Christmas is Christmas is Christmas. I don't want no Kwanzaa wreath. I don't need a dreidel in my face. That's its own thing. And who's that black Santa for? I don't care. I know Santa ain't black. I could care less. I want Christmas. Just give me plain baby Jesus lying in a manger Christmas. That is Stanley Hudson from The Office in one of my favorite rants, and uh, that uh, makes me laugh every time. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling that today. I just want baby Jesus in the manger. I want to talk about the real reason for Christmas, not all the crazy themes that are out there. I know there's fun and there's stuff, but, you know, we need the Lord. We just talked about the homeless crisis getting worse and worse and worse and millions and millions and millions of dollars that we spend and it doesn't get better. It uh, you know, it gets better for 255 people after $68 million. Um, and uh, you could, you could multiply that by so many. He, uh, Andy Bales was our guest. He dropped in a statistic that they spend $71 uh, to get uh, somebody housed while Inside Safe, the Los Angeles, just the Los Angeles plan, not including everything else for the state, spends $571 per per. It's just, we can do so much better if we were not afraid, uh, afraid to ask people, you know, challenge people to recover, afraid to really 
do ministry in this way. That's a big place for the church. That's a big reason why Jesus came. And, you know, whatever's going on, don't miss sight, lose sight of that. I think 2024, it could go all kinds of ways. You never know what's in the Lord's will, right? But it could be a rough year, not just for anybody, but for us as a as a nation. I think it's going to be rough. Maybe the world it's going to be rough in a lot of ways. Our hope isn't based in those circumstances. Our hope is in Christ. And honestly, sometimes when things get rough, that's better for the church. It reminds us to be the church. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Always good to be with you. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Lamech in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How are you, Pastor? I'm good. How are you today? Well, Pastor, I'm I'm very good. Uh, you know, with a lot of proofs, but I'm working with God and believing, believing in the prophet, believing in Jesus, believing in the disciples, believing in good people, be good people who really believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, people who really believe, people who really believe in Jesus Christ, not going to hurt other people, no matter what if they they are not Christian or or any religion. You know what I mean? That's the difference between. That's the difference uh, from us to show anybody, you know. And I feel bad sometimes. Uh, the people who who saying they believe in Jesus Christ in hurting people. Yeah. I, I feel sad. I feel sad, but I don't know. So I'm talking. Just the reason I'm calling, uh, especially you really know. I don't know, but I I heard. Um, and I read it before, but I don't remember which book in the New Testament. When Jesus, Jesus, take out all the merchants from the temple. Yes. You know, you remember that? Oh, yeah. That's what okay. he does after he and, enters Jerusalem. Exactly. And my opinion and my belief, because my belief is uh, according to the power of the Holy Spirit. Not according to the power of the man, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, this celebration of of, of, of toys, uh, somebody is behind of this business. You mean the, you know? the celebration of? Did you say the celebration of toys, like all the gift giving and stuff? Yeah, you know what? Because I'm not going to say now, because you have a spirit and you're a pastor. I, I am not. A, I am not. I, I am a little guy who really believes in the Word of God, and I'm obeying because I am repenting. I'm repenting. That's why I'm obeying the Word of God, you know. And I don't, I don't care if, if people don't, if people uh, 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 know me or don't know me. So I, I don't care. I'm working with God, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to share the Word of God when I have opportunity with people, you know, not forcing people. Because these people always saying when I talk to them, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. If I find someone to tell me, oh no, what what, what you say is is totally wrong or is totally lies. When when I'm finding people telling me that, so I'm gonna be I, I gotta be careful about that. You, you do, know? and and you know what, Lamech, you, you just want to make sure. And I appreciate yeah, your your call uh, today. Did you have a Bible verse that you were asking about? It says appear on the screen. Uh, no. Okay. I appreciate uh, your call on that. You know, and, and the, the gifts and things that we do, it can be um, 
we can do that in celebration of, of Christ and all of that. I think that's fine. But you want to remind people to go back to Christ and to love each other. You talked about, you know, what it is that we believe. Here's something that I think is critical when it comes to that. You know, we are called to have faith. The distinction of um, Christianity is that we are saved by faith, right? Faith in Jesus, that we aren't saved because we did a whole bunch of stuff, because we were better than some other people in our actions, or or that we are good people, or those things. You you didn't have to do enough things to earn favor from the universe, and you didn't have to do enough good things to earn favor from God or the love of God. God already loved us in spite of ourselves and sent his son to live the perfect life that we can't live. We get credit for that. And by faith and that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, we get credit for that payment by faith and we get everlasting life by faith. But something that needs to be really clear about faith and what it means, if you get a Bible dictionary, maybe you somewhere you've got on your shelf a big old chocomule, you know, Baker's Bible dictionary or something, right? Find one and look up look up the word faith and or look up the word trust. And you know what you're going to find is you're going to find that they point back to each other. That the faith that saves us is trusting in God. That when you have faith, you know, when you have faith in somebody, it's that you trust them. You know, if you, if you have faith in your spouse, you trust them. If you're faithful to your spouse, you are... Um, you are living in such a way that they can trust you, right? When you have a relationship with somebody and you have faith in that relationship, whatever it is, it's trust. You trust them. And this is the place where I think Christians and, and people who would call themselves Christians, people who say, yes, I'm, I'm Christian. And we talk about faith and what that means. The faith that you have in Jesus is that you trust in him. The reason that you repent is because you trust that Jesus's way is better than yours. Right? The reason I repent is that I have to believe that Jesus' way is better than mine. And when I discover that there's some way I'm living my life or some way of thinking maybe that I have that's contrary to what Jesus says, even if I don't agree, even if I don't like it very much, even if the culture is pressuring me to go the other way, faith is not saying I'm a believer and saying words. Faith is actually trusting that Jesus is right about everything, that I am going to go against what I think might you know, in my own view might be better. But when I see that it's contrary to what Jesus says, or it's contrary to what I read about what, how Jesus said I should live, I'm going to choose to live the way Jesus asked me to live because I have faith in him, because I trust in him. That matters a lot for our faith, right? That going to church and doing a religious routine, going to Christmas, putting up the decorations, remembering Jesus, uh, making sure that we've got the baby Jesus and everything for the Christmas story, all that is fine but it doesn't mean anything if you don't actually trust in Jesus, right? If your trust is not in Jesus, then you don't really have faith. It's the same word. Uh, I heard somebody say recently that they should have translated faith by trust a lot more often because it's, it's the same thing. You know, Abraham trusted that God really wasn't going to have him sacrifice his son. Abraham, by the way, in the Old Testament, saved by faith. It's not saved by works. He said, when we go up the mountain, hear me and my son, and he's going to sacrifice him, we will come back. Why did he say we? He said we because he knew that God wasn't really going to have him do that. He trusted God enough to go all the way to the point where he raised the knife up, if you know that story. He trusted that God wasn't going to have him actually do that, that God had some greater purpose beyond Abraham for that. 
Greater purpose, by the way, is that one day God would say to Solomon, uh, go put the temple up and put it on that same hill where I called Abraham to have that act of faith. And uh, later on, God would call his son Jesus to go there and be that promised sacrifice on that same hill in that same area the same thing. And when Jesus returns one day, that's where he's headed. He's going to land on the Mount of Olives, Zechariah tells us, that that book in your Old Testament that hopefully you'll get to if you're doing your year in the Bible reading, maybe, next year. Uh, And then he's going to march right in to that city and end up there. See, God has a much bigger plan. And when you trust God for those things, you find out that he is right. That's something I think that for people who have truly given their life to the Lord, who have said, you know what, I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to have faith. It's what it means that you discover that God is right. You discover that there's no promise in Scripture that says everything in life is going to go perfectly for you if you, if you follow Jesus. In fact, it says people will hate you because of me. You can trust him about that. That's definitely true. But you can also trust him that on the other side of that is the greatest place to be in life. On the other side of that is where things make sense. You know, the world doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Unless you've read the Bible, then it makes perfect sense. All this violence in Israel and the Middle East and elsewhere and the chaos that we are seeing in our cultures, in governments and systems and all of that in the world, it's pretty nutty right now. But actually, when you trust that Jesus is going to tell you the way of life, when you trust that the Word of God is true, then you're going to know some things. You're going to know that the end times are going to be very difficult times. You're going to know that people are going to trade the truth for a lie. You're going to know that people will do whatever they can to oppose God. You're going to know that people are going to come up against Israel. Whatever you think about that whole thing, and maybe we're there, and maybe it's sometime in the future, but it shouldn't be surprising what we're seeing if you've looked through the Scriptures. You know why? Because you can trust it. You may not like it. You may not understand it. It takes Bible study. Most of it's understandable. But the trust that you have in God for your life, that's, that's the faith that you're called to. Trust Him with your life. When you're thinking about it for next year, when you're thinking about what, God, what does God want you to do, He wants you to trust Him with your life. That's what He wants you to do. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get any hour of our show by getting the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me right now on social media, Instagram, X, and Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with Hour 2 as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.